Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Young Man with Rins, where we share the journey of a man in simple stories. My name is Rins. Welcome to The Young Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another wonderful episode of The Young Man with, of course, my name is Rins. And then we have the very first lady that we're interviewing on this podcast today, okay? And, you know, one of the interesting things to know is I've known her for quite a time now. You know, she is um, a lead consultant of Better Works Partners and a Tony, Tony Lumen entrepreneur. Teju Fola Alade is a certified human resource management professional, a member of the Chartered Management Institute UK and Chartered Institute of Marketing UK and it sits across various training board and HR bodies, boosting of executive experience in startup and within commercial environments, championing HR activities and setting up departmental setting up departmental structures for SMEs and organizations and training employees on critical learning pain points. They BSc degree in English studies from Babcock in, in University and an MBA from Irvington University alongside several dipl diplomas and postgraduate certifications from Lagos Business School, Chartered Institution of Marketing, Svana Training Institute Dubai and a valuable member of Human Resource Certification Institute and American Certification Institute. She's also an, an alumni of Pacific Group of Companies, Airtel Nigeria, Conga, Cas 45 GG and Optimum Exposures. A member of Troika, highly passionate about her area of interest and with a pursuit for her best practices and delivery within challenging environment where excellence, leadership, and teamwork are paramount. Teju has a keen desire for delivery results and a strong passion for social reengineering and re redefining adult learning in Nigeria. Ladies and gentlemen, please give Teju Fola Alade a... I'm so, I'm so glad because th this is the second time I'm... And having you come on something I'm doing. The first time was in Cast 45, you can remember. We had the training and then you came to speak with a group of people. And one of the um came oh. in, yeah, that and didn't and now this is the second time. And I I made up my mind for you to be the first lady because the very first time I met you, guys, I'm sorry I'm talking this long because this lady is special to me. I met you many years ago in Cast 45. I, I think I was, it was my entry level in Cast 45. I was still a center manager. But the, your approach to me was the same approach you give even a senior, a senior manager or anyone. And I was like, wow, I was intrigued. And I made it a point of duty for me to, whenever I come to the head office at the time, you know, I will always come to your office and make you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said, I must bring you, you'll be the first lady. She just set the tone because a lot of people have been asking me, is the young man, are ladies allowed to listen? <laughs> can ladies come on the show? Yes, ladies can come on the show. 
Here you have it. And the reason also I brought you here is to just share your experience because I know you as someone that is not very, very, you are very unassuming. You'll be in the office, nobody will know you around, you know, just, you're just there. And you pride yourself being extremely <laughs> introvert, right? So, and now you're doing HR. So I just wanted you to just go share this story. Let people just know that, okay, HR are not the bad guys. <laughs> you know, all right. So ladies and gentlemen, so I just want to ask you, your journey, do you know that you'll be a HR professional like back in the day or it just is something that you stumbled into and go like, oh, I like this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I, I've shared this story on my platform on, on IG. Yeah. HR was, I got into HR about less than a decade ago. Yeah. It was, it wasn't a lifelong ambition. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't even a position I ever thought I was going to find myself in. Yeah. As much as I'm an introvert, there's a reason for that. I'm not exactly the most patient person. So that's actually the secret to why I'm an introvert. <laughs> I have very low tolerance threshold for a lot of things. BS, for maybe unintelligence or when people get things easily. Yeah. So with those kind of qualities that I already know I have, HR was never something because in HR, you HR is like customer service. There will True. never be a time when you can express yourself or where you can just be yourself. As long as you're in the workplace, you're expected to behave in a certain way. True. So I, I stumbled into HR. I came for, I used to work in Abuja, and um, I used to work with Airtel Abuja. And yeah. in one of my visits to Lagos, I had a, it was part of the reason I came to Lagos. I had an interview. And the interview was for an executive assistant to a very popular person in Nigeria, right in Lagos, actually. And I got there like 1 p.m. And as at 6 p.m., I had not seen this person. Wow. By 3 p.m., I was ready boiling. By 4 p.m., <laughs> I knew I, I wasn't, I was no longer interested in that job. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to see the person and keep the person in my mind. Yeah. Anger has always been an area of weakness for me. Mm-hmm. So by 6 p.m., I got another one of, um, I think, as secretaries, or I um, just came out and said, I saw, I noticed that some experts walked in, that they had been an impromptu meeting. She's sorry, and she would have to wait. I lost it. <laughs> like, I lost it. I said, this is abnormal. Mm-hmm. This should not happen. I was so eclectic. I I was very expressive. I was seriously pissed off. I walked out. Now, the thing is, the next day, she actually tried to call me. I didn't mm-hmm. pay. She sent a message, the person herself. And she was apologetic. But by then, the damage had been done. I was pissed off. I felt disrespected. And that was when my interest in HR started from. I was like, no, things have to change. And even in all the places I've worked, luckily, most times I get hired by the CEO or the founder. I've been in the startup space for almost 10 years. Over 10 years, what am I saying? I always get to be recruited by the, uh, maybe... One out of them was not direct recruitment. Mm-hmm. He eventually was the one that approved my hiring. So yeah. I've always met with the CEO, the founder, and that forms the reason or the purpose why I choose to join a company. Mm-hmm. So for that, I was like, I have to be intentional. So as much as possible, I try not to do mass recruitment where I'll tell everybody, come by 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I'll start doing it. Yeah, not I noticed all that about the time. Yeah. Yes, not all the time. I could control that because I also noticed that 
people abuse it. When you tell someone be there, your time slot is 9.15 to 9.40. Sometimes they don't get there until 9.30. So I was told that, look, you can't be doing it. So it wasn't, the market wasn't ready. But to the best of my ability, I try not to make recruitment a general experience for everyone. It has to be unique. I put humanity to how I recruit people. And I I boldly claim that at least 90% of the people I've interviewed will say that it's different. Mm -hmm. It's humane. They don't feel disrespected. Mm -hmm. It's an interview where it's clear that I want to derive burden from you. I'm talking Mm -hmm. to you because I can see that you have burden. So that was how I found myself in HR. It wasn't anything of interest. In fact, less than a decade ago, by the time I was moving out of one of the startups I had joined, I was going to travel. I mean, I traveled. And when I came back, I was just like, hmm, I think it's time to move to HR. I should be able to do something because yeah. I've been trying to move into that in my previous company. So, I mean, the opportunity came. I mean, it wasn't easy, right? People were like, even despite my experience, despite the recommendations, I understood no one wanted to take a chance. HR is not something that you can be trained in if you're not coming in as a graduate or yeah. management trainee. Mm-hmm. If you're coming in as an experienced hire, you want to command the high um, salary band. Mm-hmm. Who wants to teach you how to recruit or how to mm-hmm. come up with um, the compact then um, strategy or yeah. how to draw up a total reward strategy or how to set, you know, it's mm-hmm. something that requires experience. So I had to really learn. I had to enter with my over eight years work experience. I had to take up internship. The popular HR firm, one of the top HR consulting firms in Lagos, in Nigeria. Mm. And I had to be an intern reporting to someone that most likely she could have even reported to me to you. at yeah. some point. But I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And she had the knowledge I wanted to get from her, from the company, the firm. Mm-hmm. And I did. And was with that internship experience, I got my next job. Mm. Right. So, yeah, I took a step back, two, three, four steps back. And I bounced back. So right now, I'm in HR. Yeah, that's how I find my way to it. You know, you know, um, Teju, right? One of the, for, for me, yeah, when I met you, I met you with another lady, right? One of the interesting things about you, and I keep telling you is, okay, I will tell you, oh, thank you for the way you treated me. Because I watch how, so for me, how I know who people truly is, is, you know, how do you treat someone beside me? You know, or how do you treat someone that I may be in my absence or head? Okay. Okay. Let me just share this experience, guys. I had an, um, uh, a one chance experience. So in Nigeria, there's what we call one chance, right? For non-Nigerians listening. One chance is a case where you're going somewhere. They pick you up by the roadside, you know, in quote, like a bus stop, but they don't pick any other person up. So in the car, all of them are colleagues like thieves. So when you enter, the idea is... They close the door and then you are robbed. I had that experience. So, of course, they dropped me off somewhere. Um, I met someone. I had to wash my face because they put pepper in my face. So, the first point of call, of course, you have to report. I wasn't with my phone because they took my phone. So, I had to go to the head office. I met Teju and um, one of that colleague. I reported what happened. I saw how she treated it. Teju, can you remember that day? Yeah. Um, I don't even I, honestly, my memory is fried. <laughs> <laughs> can you, can you, 
Anyway, let me tell you what happened. I walked in. You were like, oh, what happened? I think I was, I, I saw the other lady first. And they were like, what happened? And I told you, come, 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 come. You, get, you, were, you were sitting there. I was in the new office. You were sitting down. The other lady was like, through. You said, what happened? I told everything. Oh my God. Are you okay? I'm not. Day and day, you brought up 5,000 naira and gave me. That money was cash. He didn't say transfer. Now, guys, for someone to give you 5,000 naira that you had, so she had plans for the money before then. But you saw something and be like, you were like, take, I was shocked. The other lady gave me money. This one gave me money. I lent it with like 9,000, 10,000 at the time. So that's what I used to do. Affidavits and all. I think the next day you guys made, this, made sure that I got a new laptop. And you know, this is the core, like you said, human before like any other technicalities of HR. And for me, it, it, it shook me to my core. And that's the reason I said, you must come. You must be the first lady that would, you know, share this platform now. And the only thing I wanted to ask you, right, in, 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 a lot of people do this for, um, maybe for the money, you know, HR, you know, doing it for the money. So where do you, where do you draw the line? Because you've been there, you've helped people, right? How do people draw the line as, as to, from passion to like profit? Because there's some people that are called to profit. Oh, if I'm not making money in this and I don't want to do it. So how do you draw the line or do this passionately at the same time make money from it but when you say draw the line could you be more um explicit draw the line or what no so i mean like you know when people do things because of monetary gain like what you did to me right it was you didn't gain anything you, you wouldn't say you gained something you actually lost okay. even money right so people would look at it that way. It's not my. You just oh, I'm sorry. All right, okay. I'm gonna send an email. You know, just do the basic thing you're meant to do. How do people now push beyond monetary gain to becoming passionate about people I and see what helping? You mean. Yeah, it, it, that's my point. Look, I know people are in there just for the money, right? Mm -hmm. But you really, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So why I started the experience, just ask this question: How do people now push beyond monetary gain to doing? Um, this HR thing because I think it's more of like more of understanding that people need you than the money that you're making from it. I don't know if I'm making sense zero, but that's the question. <laughs> All right, I I closely get what you're trying to say, and yeah. uh, so I think it has to character development has a role to play. I mean, I grew up in an environment where humanity was stressed. Ooh. Right, I grew up around the mother who I saw was kind. Sometimes you have visitors come to the house. Of course, while young, when we're young, you know, you could get upset. Why did she give you this person food? Or why did well, mm -hmm. we saw that it, even when my friends come around, sometimes I can be lazy. I don't want to go because you'll be not say, No, we not die like that. You're not going to offer your friends meal. Sometimes mm -hmm. it gets me pissed off that I'm going to do the stress and all that, but mm -hmm. that's the environment I grew up in. I'm yeah. married to someone who is ridiculously kind. So it's not something I and also it helps that I understand. I may not have been in that situation where oh someone is experiencing something, but mm -hmm. I understand the feeling. Getting robbed or getting your money, everything taken from you, your so when people experience it, I it may never have happened to me, but I know how it can feel. Sometimes you may not even be bored. That could be the last money you have. Sometimes yeah. your phone, you don't want money to change it. The data, 
your same card this is stressful even thinking about it so i understand that feeling so when it happens whatever amount i'm dropping i know that it is not really making much much impact but it's just telling the person that i understand how you feel now drawing the line honestly when i'm trying to when i'm kind to people it's just treating people human human as humanly as possible Mm. knowing that okay it's just the human behavior i don't know otherwise i wasn't raised otherwise i don't know how it is not to i'm recruiting someone i'm trying to get you to work for my company i need you to call in with the most positive mindset ever because i know the impact is going to have on your productivity because at the end of the day if you're not happy and after three four months you are out again it's an indictment on our recruitment process. Mm. It's an indictment on our country's culture. That mm. means we have to start looking for that person, another person, which is now stressful. Sometimes it takes weeks to even finish the interviews. Mm. So it's a ricochet effect, basically. Yeah. So when people come, it's just respect. And even looking at um, the Maslow hierarchy. Yeah. What are those things that people find as in, you, in fact, look for instance, let's look at the rate of suicide, the rate of serial killings in schools, mm. foreign countries. You see that most of those children that maybe turn to serial killers and eventually commit suicide are children who got bullied. Yeah. That feel, they, they feel like outliers, that were not welcome, they were not treated with respect. Mm. Look at, even bringing it down to Nigeria. People say, oh, they have bad experiences with policemen, Navy. I I haven't. And this is not negating their experiences, but because mm-hmm. I understand the mm. place for respect. Respect disarms and diffuses. Mm. The minute you treat people with respect, it doesn't matter their agenda. Even mm. Oxford House helps. Mm. When you treat people with respect, they don't think, or when you go to maybe fast food, and you're calling the security chairman, mm. they, sir. they automatically listen and treat you differently. Mm. They, got, they are used to being treated badly or with disrespect. So anyone that gives them an iota mm. or respect, they treat you differently. So for me, it's just that because I want to get the best out of people. I understand the psychological impact when people feel they are treated human as humanly as possible. And they are treated in respect. So it starts from there. Once that is done, every other thing falls into place. Huh. My God. You know, um, Teju, right? I'm sorry I'm bringing up a lot of... That's the aim of my show. Um, oh, okay. I had, an, I, had, I had an accident. I don't know if you remember when I had an accident that caught, caught my hand. Now, I'm not saying this just... I'm just saying this because you are the one I'm talking to. You paid me a visit. And it is not because... You heard it. I sent an email. You rang me. Oh, am I okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. I remember you were around the corner. You were like, can I come? Then I said, okay, I'm already around. Well, you, at least you thought of it. Oh, let me pay this guy a visit. Right? You saw me like, oh, it was your hand. Let me see. And it's... Uh, while you are talking, I remember the... Did you, 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 you might not remember this, but I remember... I remember telling my wife that, oh, one of our HR and lady came to, you know, see me. So I, I see where you are coming from, like the ripple effect of kindness, the ripple effect of uh, uh, the good gestures that we do to people. So my next question is, right, 
have you been in a place where you talked about humanity being stretched have you been in a situation where people take your kindness for granted right they feel like oh she will always understand and take a piece if i should use that word have you been and how did you resolve how did you handle it so without sounding arrogant yeah i think i'm able i've been able to balance my kindness i'm not the kind of person people take advantage of mm. I've been told I come off as intimidating and imposing. And I think that could be why I try to overcompensate sometimes. Right? Especially with, I, I get the Bible, you have a strict law, people don't find you approachable. So this is why sometimes I go out of my way to joke a lot. Mm-hmm. But my natural self, I am not someone people can take advantage of. As kind as I can be, I'm also perceptive. Mm. I also know how to manage situations. And even if you attempt it, it's just going to be once and it will never happen again. Okay. So looking at my experience, my trajectory, based on how I relate to people, I've never at any point in time felt used. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't happen. It's just knowing when to back or when to, where you should put boundaries. I have boundaries a lot. Mm. I have boundaries. So it's not a problem for me. But for others, I think it's just to find a way to balance it. Because the reality is, people also don't respect kind, nice people. I'm kind. I'm not nice. Mm. So there's a difference. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> you got happy and friendly experience with you. Like, all this you're saying. You know, so it's kindness. That's why I said it, it's human behavior. It's what is expected. Someone, I'm, I, I'm head of HR, I oversee people. And one of my people had an accident or got robbed. It's only common sense that I should empathize with this person. How are you feeling? Because if that person feels neglected or the person feels disgruntled, they can pass down that feeling to every other employee. And before you know it, you're building toxicity in the system. So I understand ricochet effects very much to know that the littlest, the littlest drop can splash far and wide and cause impacts that you probably did not even envisage. So for me, I, I don't think it's a problem. Uh, I'm nice. I can be nice. But you, if you meet me, you will know that this person is kind. She's not stupid. If you come and meet me today and say, oh, because said you that she came to visit me in the... I'm going to give you an example. So I do a lot of... Uh, a lot of... Like, I allow my team members and even other part of... Um, other units to maybe they want to work remotely. And so, you know, what, what is that a problem for me? So long that you don't have to be in the office. So long that they are productive. And like I said, for me... You can only take advantage once. And that's a mistake no one wants to make. So if I tell you, you can work remotely, I expect you to be mature and sensible about it. But if you now show that, oh, I'm not, I'm childish, I don't know how to manage my time, then you know that your remote work is cancelled for life. So I had someone that tried it and all I just said was, don't push it. And the person got the message. So it's not a problem for me because I have boundaries. I'm naturally firm, straight, and disciplined. 
The playful side of me is an extra effort. I'd love to joke, I'd love to dance, but I've discovered that it's not something that people see when they see me. People see me and ah, let me mind myself. Oh, yeah, don't go well, um, Teju does not like Wahala or she's not someone you can. I know I can come off as intimidating. So I try to compensate for it. So I joke a lot. I, I try to crack jokes, to make bad, you know, to lighten the mood and situation because I know it's not the same feeling people get when they're around me. So for someone like me, it's balanced. I can't be taken advantage of. Know what you say, so deep or but this guy sold. But for others, it's for you to identify that oh, I don't have boundaries. Mm. So if you know you don't have boundaries, you can be clear. So you can have policies or rules or guidelines, mm. or you can just not sit down that when someone is exhibiting this, they're beginning to take advantage. Yeah. Yes, I know when to cut them off or to address this straight up. Truth, you know, and and for me also is like I like I don't when I mean why we're all why you were my boss, right? I I was in the field, but because me personally, yeah, like you said, it's not you're not coming off as boosting. I have boundaries, and I have strong work ethic personally. That like there are some things I don't need anybody to just be on my neck to do something. I just know that I'm meant to do this. I just sometimes have, you know, made mistakes here, yeah, but it's not my lifestyle, right, to, you know, do that. So, you know, talking about boundaries, like I also feel like people that have boundaries understand people that have boundaries as well because you can't just come and be taking advantage of people. It shows how lawless you are, right, in, you know, in managing situations, right? Like, you know, working in the UK, I've also taught me, these guys, they, they don't even want you to greet them. Just come and do your work and go. Yes. You understand? Nobody is trying to shine teeth. You do your work. Nobody is trying to tell you, oh, well done. You don't say anything, you know. So it was easier for me to, like, you know, blend into, you know, the environment. I understand, oh, this is how this place works. A lot of relearning I've done, you know. But, you know, I'm also, you know, what, what I want to ask you right now is, you know, in you talked about value system reengineering, like culture. It's possible that one person, you are the one, you know, trying to re change culture of maybe let me use for instance abuse and it might not be from you but how, how do you make sure that your the values that you are trying to re-engineer right or the values that you are want to in, you want to inculcate in the work environment right goes fast how do you like effectively change culture especially in startups in work environment because i feel like it's is a strong is a strong thing to do or is a very hard thing to do how do you, you you've done it you, you've been in startups you've been in such environments how do you change culture from your space so for um HR, yeah. Let me just say this: HR is not responsible for changing culture. Hmm. HR can drive culture. Hmm. HR can encourage culture change, but HR is not responsible for culture change. Hmm. The person or the people responsible for culture is leadership, the CEO. Hmm. 
whatever culture the CEO exhibits is what to stick. Even if HR comes up with 40 colorful slides on why we need positive culture, one HR is saying, everybody, make sure you resume at work 8 o'clock. But all the leadership in the company gets to the office by 10 a.m., the CEO gets in by 2 p.m., that eventually will become a culture. Hmm. If during meetings, leadership use the F word, the BS word, mm-hmm. shouts on team members, other leaders, and HR is sending a message that be respectful, respect is our culture, the actual culture is the culture that employees are seeing. Hmm. If it's common knowledge for um, leadership to be having sexual relations with junior um, subordinates Subordinate, yeah. or team members, hmm. and HR is sending messages saying that um, office uh, romance is prohibited, HR is just making noise. The actual culture is what is being exhibited. If HR is saying that smoking is not allowed in the office, but the CEO, the other um, leaders are seen to be smoking in the office and drinking, that becomes the culture. Hmm. So culture is not what you say it is. Culture is what we do, what people see, right? There are times, I there was this uh, scene, I know that the head of the team was a very arrogant person and dressed it so well eventually it cascaded that character to every team member in that team and eventually that became a culture for the company right they were looking for during interviews that's what they look out for they look for people who show confidence cockiness arrogance because of the kind of clients they deal with and people who can dress that became a culture it started from a head of department so HR can encourage, oh, this is what we need to do. Oh, CEO, no, you can't smoke in the office. Oh, ah, CEO, you can't use the F word. You can't just fire people during meetings. There's a process. That is how culture is driven from the top. HR is not the top. Mm. HR is an employee. So HR can guide. The role of HR is more advisory than many people know. When people understand that HR... HR, we can't take decisions. Mm-hmm. If I come to that, I say, everybody must resume 8 o'clock. I can't do that. Yeah. It has to be a group. If five team leaders say no, you feel my team members can resume 8 because they close 12 or more 10 p.m. HR can't say no, everybody must resume 8. We have to come together. So, okay, HR will have to say, so what works best for mm-hmm. the, the company? So HR's role is to support, to advise. If the head of the department, for instance, he would hire it. HR does not make hiring decisions. If we interview people with shortlist, I will send it to the hiring manager. If the hiring manager says, this is who I want, and HR says that, no, you are not hiring this person. There has to be a justifiable reason that will be documented. HR cannot, in- we can influence hiring decisions by making recommendations based on um, precedent. Yeah. We are, whenever we hire someone with that, that they work better. Or whenever we hire a dark person, the person was better than a lighter person. So we can advise based on what we have seen. But HR can say no, except we are hiring for the HR departments. Every other department, we take information from them, 
we advise them and if they say, ah, no, 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 this is how I want to do my own. Same thing with layoffs. HR does not layoff. HR has nothing to do with layoffs. HR does not recommend layoffs. <laughs> the business says, no, we have three billion naira in our accounts. Mm. And our overhead is currently 55 million. Mm-hmm. We just cut down 5 million. HR does not pick up the payroll schedule and say, ah, okay, let's remove these five people anyone one minute. No. HR will look around. I have a meeting with the business unit heads. What are the criteria? Who are the people that will be affected? What's the reason? HR does not have any decision making whatsoever in layoffs. Oh my God. They can recommend that this is how it has to be done for it to be legal. But when a company says we need to cut down all costs, HR as an employee has to conform mm-hmm. and just advise on compliance and legality. That's all. So I think that's what people just need to know to understand <laughs> HR better. We are not the executioner. Mm. Have you been in a situation where um, where you work and maybe the CEO CEO's values are not consistent with your set of values? Uh, wow, what a very tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't exactly say values mm. because... Even Maybe work ethics. Knows. Yeah. So work ethics. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes HR, the reality is we can be very um, policy, like policing. We can be, uh, we are checking compliance. We can be too compliant sometimes. And sometimes it can get, sometimes it's even the CEO that will tell a child that, look, sometimes you have to put people first. But we also understand as a child that, we want to do that as well. But if you begin to put people first, eventually, I'm going to give an instance. Please. Imagine, let's say, for instance, we say, you know what? We are not giving out loans to anybody in the organization. The company cannot, he's not giving out loans. Then one day, let's say the CEO's executive assistant comes and says, ah, hey, they've chased me out of my house. I need to get known, blah, blah. Then CEO now tells each other, please give this person loan. HR can say, you know what? We said in our policy that we are not giving out notes. Mm. The CEO can say, do you understand what you're saying? This person is homeless. Let mm. this person know. The CEO has no words. The CEO can, I mean, the HR can be saying, yeah. you know, we are giving this person. This HR has to conform. Now, the problem with that is when somebody else comes and comes up with a sub story, how does HR say, we do not do this. HR now has the pe- imagine if the person had a boy, you gave this person note. Mm. What was the yardstick? Yardstick, yeah. So this is what HR tries to avoid. Most time when HR always goes back to the policy. What does the policy say? See. What does the procedure say? What does the process say? Because we don't want a case where people will begin to see HR as biased. But sometimes it happens because it didn't come from HR. So at the end of the day, like I said, HR is an employee. So if the business says we need to do something, the question HR should be asking or the HR should not be saying, no, we cannot do this because at the end of the day, they will go and bring out your employment letter. Did they give you employment letter or you are part of the owners of this company? If you have an employment letter, that means you are an employee and as an employee, you must conform. Mm. So HR has no choice in that case. 
This is a very difficult thing to like. I'm shocked hearing all this thing. I didn't know about this or this one. And you know, imagine, did you imagine like people in, in a particular company and they don't know about this and they will see HR as the bad people? And that yeah. just my next question. I don't know people. I, I know you must have heard it. People feel HR those people. They are the bad guys. And I think this is the reason why people, you know, see HR are the bad guys. Well, I mean, you guys are employer, employer. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so unfortunately, it's, um, it's not something that a lot of people will know. Because at the end of the day, people, people would only understand to the level or to to the oversights they have, right? Usually, I get the most common is we do HR is supporting um, business HR. So people assume that HR is for employees, and yeah. I think that is even a myopic thought process mm. because HR is for the sustainability of the business. Mm. So HR is not for the company nor for the employee. HR belongs to everybody and belongs to nobody, because at the end of the day, what must happen? The business must survive. Yeah. So if CEO is doing something that will make maybe um, consumer protection or make CBN or make uh, data protection or make industrial courts to shut down an organization. HR will intervene and say, okay, your business will go down mm -hmm. if you don't do what you need to do. do At the do. same time, if a company is having a monthly um, revenue flow, of let's say 50 or 30 million and your overhead cost is 50 million it's common sense to know that that number has to go down mm. overhead has to go down so at that point hr has no choice than to join the business and say ah because in whatever we do a business must survive a business is only a case of ah everybody because we love all our employees, do <laughs> what needs to be done. The business, mm. eventually, the business will shut down. And what will people do? Once you dust your CV, True. you will dust your CV and update your LinkedIn status. Mm -hmm. So the job of HR is to make sure that the business survives, that the shell that ban is realized. Mm. So HR is not for the people. People say it that employee HR is not for employee, and HR is not for the CEO, HR yeah. is for business sustainability. Whatever decision, whatever action mm. HR is going to be taken must benefit the business survival. It must ensure that the business moves from startup to growth to maturity. Yeah. So the HR um, folks that are well knowledgeable about that understands that and try not to be biased. But unfortunately, not all HR employees understand this. Just employees that have their knowledge of how HR works are employees that are entrepreneurial in mindset. In mindset, true. That are probably running a side business and they already they are hiring. They have maybe two employees of themselves or three. Yeah. They have understanding of human resources. But someone who has constantly been nine to five or that is fully um, earning has one revenue stream of income as an employee may not understand and you can't blame them. True. Because at the end of the day, they, they are giving value so they don't understand why should uh, why should you uh, keep the uh, director of sales and fire me, the yeah. yeah, sales manager. Mm. There, are lots of there are a lot of dynamics involved True. in 
decision making in organization. So yeah, it's that is all dicey that we know. Yeah, it's more dicey. Um, what's your take? I know we've had this discussion before, but I want you to share. What's your what's your what's your take on the whole Japa thing going on regarding talent? Talents like employees getting more employees into maybe I'm not, but, but, I mean I'm, I'm just wanted to just share based on the HR industry what's really going okay. you know is it being affected too much or is it like a smooth script so it's um my response to be um too prompt mm-hmm. I would call it a small smoke screen mm-hmm. I would also call it um the dirt of local talent Right. So why I said it's a smoke screen is because let's look at what's happening in the tech industry right now. Yeah. God, you know, three, four, five years ago, if you say you walk in, maybe any of the fan, it was a big deal. Yeah, true. So, but right now, the layoffs in the tech yeah. industry is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, the people that stayed back in their manufacturing or they stayed back in their oil and gas will be happy. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, I still have a job, but now mm-hmm. that I, I've not experienced. So that's why I said anywhere that there's too much entry, there's too much entry and there's so much, uh, basically the foot traffic, mm-hmm. it's just like the white ticket bubble, the internet era. Yeah, exactly. So the jackpot, yes, a lot of people will jackpot. And they will go to other countries and they will do well. Yeah. They will set up, um, they will start a new line and everything will go. Nothing will happen to them. There will be people with no one. And there will be some people <laughs> that will come back. Mm. That's a reality. One, one front and back. Yeah. The wave is a lot. Not The reality is people are not leaving because sometimes... So, People say, oh, this person is spending 12 million relocate. Why don't they start a business in Nigeria? Mm-hmm. I can tell you for free that if you have 12 million naira, or in fact, if you have 20 million naira in your account today, January 2023, I can tell you for free that before June 2023, you will have just one figure. Like, true. It will be a, you'll be a millionaire in one digit. True. It will drop. Mm-hmm. Nigeria, nothing is guaranteed. I was just as all kept saying, oh, I said, Nigeria, you can't guarantee your, you don't know how your old age will be. Mm-hmm. You are all sickness away from poverty. True. All it takes is for you to be going on one day and the cash you just jam you. Mm. And you are in, it broke before I'm autocratic. <laughs> Once you're True. old, the system is not designed for your longevity. Mm. It's not designed to keep you as a, so it, People are Japanese, they want a girl. They don't want to be millionaires. These people are not traveling because they want to be millionaires or billionaires. The abroad is not designed to make a millionaire out of anyone. Mm -hmm. Except you are a disruptor. Every other person is just living average Mm. or credit, but it's working. You are sure that the system will take care of you. When you fall sick, you are not going to be taken to the hospital or when they shoot you, they won't tell you to come at deposit or to Mm. go and get a police report. So people are leaving for security reasons. Mm. Peace of mind. Lights. Ordinary lights. Right now, we don't have lights. We're on Imbata. Mm-hmm. I don't know when they're going to bring it. Though, we'll turn on our gen maybe like, like around 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But 
the amount of money we spend monkey on diesel on power it's crazy true so people are making money but how many how many people can own houses and buy cars so this is what people are running away from so the jackpot trend people there are people that will leave and because where they are coming from they are not doing so well they will try to make it because the system is designed to favor those that work really hard mm-hmm. you will work hard for your money yeah while some people will come back because they will not be able to cope in that environment the reality is in nigeria today if you are broke just do wrong one or two things. Call one or two friends. Yeah. Phone yeah, will send money to you. It doesn't happen like that over there. True. Because they work hard for their money. So every dollar, every pound counts. True. So the jackpot, it will, it will happen. We had a wave of that, I think maybe in the 1980s or 1990s. Yes, yes. And it was so US at the time. It was US when they were doing the lottery. A lot of Nigerians went. They are doing well. Some of them are not bad, and some of them are bad. Back, yeah. So it's it's a win-win. There's also talent dirt yeah. in Nigeria. Yeah. But at the same time, it's favorable. Mm-hmm. Because by the time, um, let's say we have 20 senior software developers living to the UK, and they are just five more. You see those five? They control the markets. True. Because that means they can say, sorry, it's five million I want per week now. Mm-hmm. And you, because you know that if you want to hire someone from abroad, you want to be able to pay $48,000 or minimum of $48,000. So which one is better for, let me really pay this person that wants this money. So the talent, there's yes, but it doesn't mean there are no talent. We've never even scratched the surface of the talents we have in Nigeria. The people that are left are not going to shake. The industry that are pinning them the most are the uh, medical medical industry yeah even the banking sector by the time we have a lot of graduates coming it's to train them so we have the talent companies just have to be winning right now to train people to start from scratch and not stand looking for experienced talent of course they are still experienced talent yeah but they are going to control the market so it's a win-win for both countries for nigeria because nigeria is even overpopulated and still <laughs> We need people to live. <laughs> the traffic in Lagos alone. Anyway, um, I wanted to just talk about. I, I know I've kept you so long, but I just wanted to just talk about. Uh, I love the projects that you're doing. Um, just a little bit about Better Works and then Flex and Land. I just wanted to just, you know, talk about that. I love those projects. I just wanted to share. All right. So, um, Flex and Land right now, we've actually recalibrated. Yeah. Right, we are still hibernating because we have a lot of ideas in lot of um, ideas that we believe that can disrupt the industry. But one thing we want to flex and learn the, the purpose is to uh, democratize learning in a fun way. So I discovered uh, a learning institute that gamified le- that gamifies learning for postgraduate students. And I remember when I was taking those courses, it was so exciting for me. In a day, I think I did about 12. Wow. Like 12 different courses. Data analytics, business fundamentals, marketing, because it was gamified. Mm. They did it in a game-like way that mm. ensured my um, collaboration, interaction. It's not just me reading and assimilating and guessing. As I'm learning, they're asking me questions to be sure that I understand. 
So this is one I'm trying to replicate with Flex and Learn. Now we're trying to incorporate technology with it. So okay. Flex and Learn, the sole purpose is to gamify learning for the adults in Nigeria. So while right now we've not infused technology, what we do is annually we bring together people from different walks of life in Nigeria and talk about topical issues because I believe that learning for adults must impact societal uh, changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What people are brought together to learn, it shouldn't just be for them to be able to make money in the future to be to have more bank to the employment markets. Yeah. They will be able to in, to, to, to redefine their society where they found themselves you must be able to change your environment yeah. so this is the sole purpose of flex and lead life issues topical issues professional development infused to personal development learning from people that don't it, that made mistakes and are still doing it mm. so right now what we're trying to do is infuse it into technology right so that we become an edutech yeah you're learning and it, think you, Demi, think you, Lesson, think mm. you, Sarah, think me, mm. you learn it. But this time for Africa, where people, right now, if I ask you, most most likely you have more network with uh, first world countries. Yeah. You learn more with first world country um, yeah. participants, provided but, students. Yeah. But the reality is, we have a lot of brilliant people in Africa. Hmm. For Africa to move out of the top world country ratio, we have to work together. True. And America won't come and do that. True. A Japanese won't come and do that. A British won't come and do that. It has to be. And Africans, we need to understand that we must come together. We can't develop Nigeria and not develop Liberia. We can't uh-huh. develop Ghana and not develop Kenya. Yes, we can Africa. neighbors. So eventually, at some point, one is going to look at the Cameroon Dam or which one that flooded the old of um, Bielsa. Truth. A lot of crops. A lot of farms got damaged. Now, imagine that country. Their water came into Lansheria. We are all neighbors. So I would rather prioritize Africa. Let's bring to the, even on your Facebook, Mm -hmm. on your LinkedIn, you are more connected to uh, third um, first world uh, connections, mm. right? Rather than how many Kenyans do you have on your LinkedIn uh, connections? Mm. How many Ghanaians? How many Liberians? How many Ethiopians? How many Rwandans? How many Sierra Leoneans do you have? We we do not, mm. but we all need to work together. This yeah. is why we have the European countries coming together to form a coalition. This is why when uh, Russia was invading uh, Ukraine, there was a coalition to mm-hmm. save Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So these countries came together. We need to do that as Africans. So this is what Flex and Lane, this is our ultimate vision, to be able to bring together Africans to learn. It could either be online, we could make this physical once a year, invite other people into Nigeria, yeah. Adventure it makes Nigeria a tourist nation. Yeah. It's a tourist country where people come in and the com- country is making money. For Better Worker, we are an HR boutique firm. While we cater to SMEs, um, MSMEs, and organizations, we also try to provide boutique solutions such that 
I'm using boutique just to be clear that um, <laughs> <laughs> to explain that well, um, well, we are affordable to people. I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate our services, mm-hmm. right? HR is difficult. Re-engineering processes, job architecture, creating total reward strategy for organization, mm-hmm. organizational um, structure redesign. So these are services. We also offer writing services in terms of CVs, LinkedIn profile optimization, mm-hmm. personal statement, copywriting for websites. So these are a host of services that we offer. Wow. Amazing. Thank you so very much for sharing. Like, I and you need to see my note and this is one of the longest interviews i've ever had this is 52 minutes and i allowed you to talk because you have a lot to i might probably bring you again for another episode maybe in season two or something because i i you have a lot i, I just want to pinch your brain thank you so much for your time thank you so you know for sharing all these things it wasn't just your story but you are so passionate about you know the hr space and then of course your approach is pan-african which I've heard now. Thank you so very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will be the end of this uh, episode today. Of course, we had the amazing Tejo. Please, um, ma'am, how can we connect with you? So I'm on Instagram, Tejo Writes. I'm also on LinkedIn, Tejo Falala D. I'm very active on Instagram as Tejo Writes and also on LinkedIn. Yeah, and of course, I can be reached via email as well. That's you at betterworker.com. All right, guys, if you heard it, reach out to her, ask questions, um, bring jobs, you know, your company listening. Of course, if you heard what they do. All right. Um, see you next Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Thanks so much, Ali. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bye. Bye. Wow, that was an amazing session with our guest today. I want you to also know that The Young Man with Rings is available on all streaming platforms every Friday. If you enjoyed this episode, kindly share, subscribe, and comment. See you next Friday. I remain your humble host, Rings. Uh-huh.